What did we just watch, Amy? We watched Round and Round, a Hallmark Hanukkah, Hallmark Channel Hanukkah movie. Yeah. I call it Christmas. It's it's still a Christmas movie. (laughs) I mean, there's no Christmas in it, but Hallmark does it to fit into its Christmas repertoire. Yes. It is a holiday-themed romance film. Yes. I don't it's think It's just a slightly different holiday. I mean, I don't think that there are as many Hanukkah themed films from Hallmark Channel as No, they've Christmas only they've only one. started getting into the Hanukkah space. Yeah. Um which is fine, although um I'm pretty sure Hanukkah is not one of the most important holidays in the Jewish calendar. Well, not theologically speaking. Yeah. Just you but neither know. is Christmas. Like Easter is a more. I mean, Christmas important. is pretty big. Well, I how, think Felicity, Felicity, <laughs> no claws. Um, in I, the Christian calendar, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, in the Christian calendar, I feel like but, Easter is more important. Yes, than but I think Hanukkah gets a gets big only due to proximity to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think about. I don't always think about, but. I often, when thinking about like Hanukkah's relative bigness, I think about uh, the movie within four-year consideration, which was Home for Purim, and then got renamed to Home for Thanksgiving because they were worried people wouldn't know what Purim was. Yeah, uh, our our cat. Good, good is, job, cat. Uh, playing with the microphone. Causing so problems. Please excuse Let me any weird sounds. Tighten this up a little. She really wants to make an appearance today. She just dug her claws into my leg. Yeah. Real, real good. But this movie exists in Hallmark's um, very limited efforts to expand their potential audience for their holiday films. Well, I think the second effort is they're using, um, I don't know, actors of color as the main characters. <laughs> That's, that's another one. Uh, they've had think, like. I don't think we've moved to gay. There's been couples. like two gay ones. Okay. <laughs> I think there's been like one lesbian one and two gay guy ones. Um, but I have not seen any of them, nor do I know how effective they are. Um, like, if you're doing a gay one, like, is it a one one who? Who is coming back from the big city and who is the, you know, old town homebody who loves the given holiday? How do you know? You mean if it's two guys. Usually, usually it's the woman who comes home from the big city yeah. and it's the hometown guy. Yeah. And if it's two guys, in love with. do they both just already love the holiday in the small town? Or they could both be from the big city. Uh, this whole thing's falling apart. I feel like in round and round, they're both from the big city. They are, although they do go to a small town. <laughs> yes, they go to a New Jersey suburb. Yeah, which is, I mean, it, it's not cozy small town that has seven bakeries. No, it's and not perfume shops <laughs> like many of the small towns <laughs> in Hallmark. Yeah, it's not Stars movies. Hollow. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple thriving it, perfume businesses. You can reach it from the train in New York, so that's yeah, not too far. That's fair. <laughs> anyway, this particular holiday Hallmark film is set 
on the seventh day of Hanukkah. And we only really watched it because it stars Vic Michaelis. Yes, we're not um, connoisseurs of the Hallmark yeah. Christmas movie. We're, we're not aficionados. We are amateurs when it comes to yes. appreciating these films. Very, very. So we're coming to this from an amateur Yeah, so there's probably a lot of uh, cultural context we're missing. Uh, but we like Vic Michaelis. She's a comedian, mm-hmm. comedic actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we know primarily from Dropout TV, which mm-hmm. is a streaming service. It has a bunch of comedy slash improv shows. Yeah. It's one of the best streaming services out there. I cannot add anything to that. Yeah, it's one of the best streaming services out there. They pay their people. They um, make quality content. They talk about, like, consent and the comedy <laughs> that they do. They get a safe space. Yeah. Uh, it's good stuff. Most people, I feel like, probably know Dropout from Dimension 20. Um, although I was reading an interview with, uh, Sam Reich, Reich, who said that they had a ton of success this year because of Make Some Noise. Mm. They had Make Some Noise clips that were going viral on, like, TikTok, and that led to massive signups. Like, they doubled their subscriber base this year. Um, which is still relatively small. It's not a Netflix-sized subscri- subscriber base, but uh, they did really well, so that's good. But I was, and uh, Vic Michaelis is now hosting their newest show called Very Important People. And the first episode was very good. It's very good. A new episode comes out this Friday. <laughs> it's every other week. Anyway, uh, this movie. Uh, enjoyed it for what it was a turned out cookie cutter rom-com yeah and i thought it was okay again coming from the amateur perspective uh a nice spin that uh, i didn't mean for that it was a time loop film Mm -hmm. which you know plays with the genre of the hallmark Mm -hmm. movie so i love a time loop film um and I think my love of time loop films made me enjoy this one slightly less. Because oh, it wasn't a quality. I mean, it wasn't the strongest time it loop. Was, <laughs> it was barely a time loop. Um, and I've just seen some really good time loop films. I mean, Groundhog Day is sort of the go-to. Um, they name drop a few of them. They did Palm Springs and Live, Die, Repeat a.k.a. Edge of Tomorrow, uh, which they renamed when it got home released. Oh. It was originally called Edge of Tomorrow, and nobody knew it was a time loop movie, so they renamed it to Live, Die, Repeat. It was a good movie. In the home market. Yeah, it was good. Uh, there's, there were talks of a sequel, which is a weird and bold choice to do a sequel to a time, time loop movie. movie. Although, Happy Death Day did it with Happy Death Day to You. Yeah. Um, another pretty good time time loop movie but i've seen a lot of real bad ones too um one of the wayans brothers is in one it's called naked and the time loop only lasts like one or two hours and it starts with him naked in a hotel elevator one hour i think it's one hour one hour before his wedding Mm -hmm. um and he keeps repeating that time loop over and over again uh which is, it's not a very funny movie, um, but it does pay very close attention to the time loop mechanics, and I appreciate that. Uh, 
Uh, lots this of TV one, episodes with time loops. Oh yeah, lots of TV episodes with time loops. Um, possibly one directed by the same director because I was looking at it and Stacy Harding, the director of this film, has a lot of TV experience yeah. as a first AD. Um, she did six episodes of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, great yeah. show. Um, a bunch of episodes of Charmed, the reboot. A few episodes of Arrow, Timeless, Lucifer. She had a lot of first AD experience, um, which is good. First AD is uh, is a good gig. This seems to be her first direct directing. Uh, no, no. You got to scroll down. I got to scroll down. Okay. Yeah. Previous is eleven. Yeah, a lot of which look like uh, Hallmark Christmas movies. Mm. <laughs> Christmas sale, a lot like Christmas. Cut Color Murder, which I think is the murder mystery version of the Hallmark Christmas movie. Ooh, well, gotta get those uh, cozy mysteries. Yeah, same same cozy, audience. Cozy murder mysteries. Um, so done a lot of TV movie experience, which is great. And I think when it comes to, again, amateur perspective, these Hallmark films, like there really is... A, this is going to sound meaner than I think I want it to be, but a factory-made quality of them. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, which is not to say that everyone working on them isn't doing the best they can and isn't trying to make this the best version of the movie that they're making. But there's also very clear like budgetary restraints, time restraints, and we're going to make this as efficiently as possible because we've got to make 40 of these. Yeah, I was thinking about that episode of the other two where Carrie goes to the law procedural, is a guest star on the law procedural yes, store, uh, store. Emily show. overruled. And, and they're all like, we get out by five, we get out by five, and they do that by having like one shot. One shot. Set up for each Everyone scene. does all of their lines the first time. They don't move in the and scene. They stand still. <laughs> Lights are fixed. The camera's fixed. We're out by five. Yeah. Um, and yes, it feels very um, out by five in a lot of ways. Well, I want to go back to being a time loop yeah. movie. What did you think it was not strong in as a time loop um, so one of the core ideas and and I'll defend the movie when it comes to this but one of the core ideas of a time loop movie that makes them interesting is they allow the protagonist to experiment to a certain extent because they gain knowledge they get to try things over and over again it's literally the name of live die repeat where it's like, oh, that didn't work, we got to do something else. Oh, that didn't work, we got to do something else. So there's a lot of trial and error, and it allows the production to play with repeating the same elements over and over again. Um, uh, I think the... I mean, Groundhog Day is, again, the, the proto-example of all of these, but all of like the little bits of dialogue that get repeated over and over again across you know, the setting up of the fact that this is a time loop, um, Ned, Ned Ryerson, those sorts of things 
are fun and build familiarity within the audience, this movie, for a few reasons, I think, deviates from that repetition almost immediately. And also, even the few times it does do it, does it in such a way as to um, make it clear to me they didn't have the time to perfectly replicate the things each time. <laughs> like the the cousin coming in with the donuts and the fake English accent. Like that entrance should have theoretically been identical every single time because we've not interacted with her before. Um, so anything that Vic's character Rachel has done wouldn't seriously change that. So things are supposed to be changing in reaction to the actions of our protagonist. And if there is no action to have made a change, it should be identical. This movie um, quickly moves us out of the single house where everything's taking place, um, which was a weird choice. Uh, quickly has Rachel moving into new areas of the excuse me the narrative each time. Um, so we have almost zero opportunities for those repetitions. Um, and I said I was going to defend the movie. The movie does this because being a Hallmark Channel holiday movie, it cares more about establishing the relationship between the romantic leads than it does anything else. And so any other structural narrative choices have to be subservient to that because this is a romance first and foremost and we can't let anything get in the way of that um and this movie does that it puts a lot of work into building the romance and the relationship between the two characters um but you don't get the benefits of some of the other things you can play with in time loops so, also, spoilers, we didn't say that we're going to spoil this movie, but it's a Hallmark Christmas movie, so I don't know how much you can spoil it. You know how it's going to end. You know how it's going to end. But one particular spoiler is, it was not well established until after it had happened that this took place over only seven loops. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that until it, it was didn't said. it didn't do a good job of it didn't do enough of a job establishing the loop and building in those repetitions so that we could keep track of it mm. um there's a joke a character makes where she hangs out with nerds a lot in this movie which i appreciate as a nerd um one of the nerds gets asked like how much time was bill murray stuck in the loop in groundhog day and he cites a very specific number um, something like 12,000 loops, 34 years, which I happen to know is an accurate answer. Like the specifics of it are, you know, a little fuzzy. It's a lot of guesswork, but we can estimate how long he was in there based on information from within the movie and what he does with his time. If you didn't tell me this took place over seven loops exactly, I don't think the audience would have ever figured that out. No. Because the movie doesn't care enough about establishing the structure of the loop to make that be tracked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which was 
because it's not a time loop movie first. It's a Hallmark romance movie first. And a Hanukkah movie second and a time loop movie second. Um, and a, you know, none of, we didn't have the time or money to spend on things like dramaturgy. <laughs> no. Which I think if you're going to do a good time loop movie, you bring a dramaturg again from day one. I mean, we got to churn out, what, there's like three movies per weekend that premiere mm-hmm. during the holiday season. Oh, yeah. There's you there's at least 20 to 25 movies a year being produced by this factory of movie production. Like I said, I enjoyed it. I don't have a lot to say about it. It I liked that it was a slight twist on the rom-com. The, I, uh, Hallmark and Lifetime have really upped their rom-com holiday game, but Netflix and Amazon Prime are coming in on mm-hmm. that space, too. So there are so many rom-coms mm-hmm. out there. And this one was slightly different. It was. And and I want to make it clear, like, I enjoyed it too. I, I came to it expecting it to be all of the things that it was. And it met those expectations. And that's not a bad thing. Um, you know, we often talk about how a movie has to be approached for what it is. You can't want it to be something else. Um, and they did exactly that. They made the movie they wanted to make. Um, with the constraints that they had. And I think it's the best version of that that it probably could have been. And I think a lot of that rests on the shoulders of the cast, who, uh, in particular, Vic Michaelis, uh, did an amazing job with... Not much. Not much. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, my two quibbles about it were, one, the... Seven nights. It wasn't a clear. No. That took place over um, seven days, seven nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing was she had to put the dreidel back in the box, and the the box was <laughs> he kept his D and D dice yeah. in that little box, and I was like, did somebody have to give him that box? Like it was gifted to him by a level twenty OG ranger. Did that ranger was like the <laughs> ranger in on this setup between the couple? Like, uh, when did he get the box? Does this happen to all the couples who go through this time loop with, to become soulmates? They get the dreidel, and the other person gets the box. Like, how do the, they? How does that happen here? <laughs> Questions this movie is not interested in solving. Those, those were my two story quibbles. Yeah, well, I have a similar story quibble. Um, I mean, we can talk about the D&D stuff, because some of that rubbed me the wrong way, although some of it was done very well. Um, like, it's established, again, at the end of the movie, that, like, everyone in her family has gone through this experience. Mm-hmm. And... Um, It's real weird that nobody, like, in any of the loops acknowledged that when she said, like, I'm in a time loop or I'm doing this again. Like, everyone knows, like, the seventh night of Hanukkah is when this happens. (laughs) Like, nobody's checking in with her to say, hey, are you in a time loop right now? We can help you out with this. 
Or is it just like verboten? You're not allowed to talk about it, even when you know it's happening. <laughs> also, this guy was a complete stranger to her. So how did they know that they were going to be soulmates when the dreidel mother... knew? <laughs> <laughs> The, the dreidel only the activates party. when it's the soulmate day. Oh, I had another huge quibble. Uh huh. Okay, presents her. Uh, not all editors are failed writers. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not like you go into editing because you can't get your book published. No, she was a very prestigious editor. Like, yes. Like, it's... Like, of course, every, again, like, lead in one of these is, like, a prestigious position, you know, in the city. And it doesn't care about any of the mechanics of, like, how that would work or the economics of it. But, like, she describes her job, and it's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. if you know anything about publishing houses and editing and her position, she has... Like, you don't stumble into that because you're a failed writer. You get that job because you're a dang good editor. Yes, and you would have started uh, during college interning with a publishing yeah. house. Like, yeah, you've you worked hard to get to this, that position. This has been going on <laughs> since you were in college. Yeah. Trajectory. Yeah, you worked real hard to get here. And this is a huge accomplishment. I just hate that because it's like those who can do, those who can't teach. Yeah. And Which is also not true. <laughs> yeah. So yes, that she had a failed unfinished manuscript. She never had the time to finish. But she did over seven days. It actually was only seven days from completion. <laughs> and really only like one of those seven days did she spend working on it. <laughs> because the movie doesn't Everything is subsumed to the Hallmark holiday romance structure. <laughs> yes. Yes, we got a uh, prestigious job in the city, check. Yeah. Going home or to a smaller town. Where you're, you're, you feel out of place. Uh, check. <laughs> Homespun kind of goofy dude as the romantic lead who's also incredibly attractive. Yeah. <laughs> Check. Who does like a super, you know, vol either volunteers or is employed at a retirement. Yeah, home pretty sure he volunteers. Arts. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's usually not the thing that they pay you for at a retirement home unless they're real real Yeah. Um, yeah. Check. <laughs> yeah, the references I will say. So this the references to the nerd stuff were gave me some real whiplash because some of them were spot on and some of them were way out in left field and I couldn't figure out like who was writing this that they would know some of these I mean you, you can know some things and not know other things there's lots of things about nerd fandoms I don't know but the the line about like these are my D&D dice they're limited edition dodecahedrons given to me by an OG level 20 druid like is not a thing anyone has ever said. <laughs> For a variety of reasons. A, dodecahedron is only one of the shapes of dice. That's the d20. It's the most important. No. Dodecahedron is the d12. 
Dodec. Yeah, two and ten. Dodecahedron is a 12-sided die, which is the least important die in D&D. The D20 is the most important one. That's the icosahedron, I remembered. Um, you never... You don't... You don't refer to someone by their class or level in your campaign because if you're in a consistent D&D group or even if you're playing a lot like you refer to them as your friends or these other people because you will play a bajillion D&D characters over your time playing with a single group of friends like I've got a group of friends I've been playing D&D with for 10 plus years and I've played half a dozen characters in that time like at no point was it like oh Kevin yeah he's that uh, barbarian, you know, level 20 barbarian gnome. Every time. No. Um, which is is just like... Like, you just put D&D words in a hat and pulled them out. And that's what it felt like to mm-hmm. me. But then a lot of the stuff in the comic book shop felt very authentic. Um, a lot of the comics they were referencing were, like, well-known, accurate descriptions of them. Uh, which I found really impressive so i found it wild they would get some of this very correct and some of this very incorrect uh that didn't make a lot of sense to me um although i did say and i didn't write notes for this i uh, live tooted it on mastodon instead um that this movie treats time loops with the same intellectual rigor that they usually treat the machinations of romantic relationships, which is to say they're not actually anything like this. <laughs> and that's okay. I don't have a lot else to say. Yeah, I think I, think I got out. It was fun. It's, it's exactly what it needs to be. Uh, Vic Michaelis is great. Subscribe to Dropout. Well, they didn't pay us to say that. No, either. I wish they would. We don't have any audience. <laughs> um, oh, one other thing on the nerd stuff. Uh, the like extra nerdy friend that they start hanging out with over the course of the movie mm-hmm. is super impressed that her cousin has seen every Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. As if that's some sort of an accomplishment and not like the most profitable film franchise of the last ten years. Like conventionally attractive, successful women have seen the Marvel movies. I'm saying this a lot. A I'm lot of them have. Sarcastically, <laughs> because they're playing on a stereotype. I here. know. I know. A lot of them have, though. <laughs> Avengers Endgame made a billion dollars. Like. Most people have seen most of these I movies. I mean, I would be more impressed if they're still seeing all of them, because they're bad. Yeah, there's a lot of Marvel fatigue. So, <laughs> have they still seen all of them? Yeah. Well, this uh, does take place post-WandaVision, so we're at the real real start of the Marvel fatigue moment here. Uh, that's that's all. That's all the points I need to make about this very silly movie. Um, that does exactly what it wants to do. And will probably fall out of my brain very quickly. You want to tell them about our Patreon? Yeah, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash five degrees. 
Uh, it's support on a per episode basis. You can put a monthly cap on the number of episodes that you support. There are two perks. One is you get the super duper unedited version where you, you hear us from when the microphone turns off to when it turns... No. It turns on <laughs> before it turns off. So it's from when it turns on to, to when, when it, it turns, turns off. off. No, we can't, we can't let you hear what happens after the microphone is turned off. <laughs> we don't have that power. What if we had another microphone? I mean, I guess we could do then. But then it would be like 100% of our lives recorded and only the one hour that we don't work, that we have during the podcast isn't recorded. And that seems weird. That is weird. Uh, yeah, that's one perk. Yeah. Uh, second perk is you get a list of movies we didn't watch because usually Kevin gets a list of five or so and I choose one and it helps both of our anxiety levels. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a website. It's five degrees between dot us. And we thank you for listening. Rate us and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Did I get it all? Yeah. Say goodnight, Amy. Good night, Amy.